Welcome to the Minimalist Educator Podcast, a podcast about paring down to refocus on the purpose and priorities in our roles with co-hosts and co-authors of the Minimalist Teacher Book, Tammy Musiowski-Borneman and Christine Arnold. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. You're here for episode three of the Minimalist Educator Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Triple P framework uh, that we talk about in our book, The Minimalist Teacher. So welcome, Tammy. How are you today? I'm good, Christine. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, So I wanted to talk about the Triple P funnel because it's such a a keystone point of our book um, that really Mm -hmm. is a thread that runs through the whole book. Um, And when we talk about the Triple P, we're talking about purpose, priority, and pairing down. We really came to the Triple P, um, these three main points, because whenever we were discussing minimalism and our approach and and how to talk to teachers about it, we just kept coming back to those sort of three key ideas. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about why we called it the Triple P and and why do we really need more educational jargon? (laughs) Great question. Well, the good thing is I, I feel like it's not jargon because the triple P, right? We It's easy to call it triple P because we have three Ps. And so when we're talking about purpose priorities and pairing down, it's not new language. It's language that we use in everyday context, which I think is helpful, but we just framed it in a way that would make sense for educators to kind of keep in mind with a nice little visual. So um that purpose really is that overarching idea of like what are we doing here and what's the point of what what we're doing um and then how do we match that with the priorities that we have set out for us and that's going to be different depending on your role um and what your aim is or your goals are for any set amount of time because those things are going to change also and then how do we really pare that down so that we we stay focused on meeting our priorities to meet that overarching purpose? So um, we have in our book this funnel that's, you know, goes from that big purpose, that big opening at the top. And then by the time you've worked through a bunch of questions that we've laid out, um, then you end up in that kind of pare down state that helps you remain focused because paring down is focus, right? We have to tune into what it is that we really need to do. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we we have organized it into this funnel. And and why do you feel like that's a helpful metaphor for teachers at this point in our education system? The funnel is a great metaphor because, I mean, it's a great visual too, to have, to think about funneling through things. So if we think about our purpose as that overarching, you know, opening to the funnel, it's a big idea. Um, But when we can have some focused questions to help us identify specific priorities in what we're doing, that helps us then come out to the bottom of the funnel, which is much more narrow and focused, and that's our pared down state. So having a an attached metaphor or a symbol even um, to kind of just think about that. If we do get lost in like, what am I doing here? You can think of that and just kind of whittle whittle your way through that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, 
it feels at times like there's so much coming at us and we, you know, you can almost like drown in all the different things that that we're supposed to be doing. Um, I know yeah. when talking to educators, a lot of people have said, you know, like how can we find our priorities when like everything feels urgent? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and you know, bringing it back to the importance of paring it down? Yeah, for sure. Um, just when you were saying you know, we can kind of get lost in it or drown in it. I was thinking about when we do pour things into an actual funnel and how it starts swirling and that can be what our mind does. Absolutely. So um, just that visual feels overwhelming. And so one of the tools that we use often, we've had great response with is our urgent important matrix, which helps people identify some priorities. And so your list of priorities. And sometimes that looks like your to-do list, right? We always have lists everywhere and post-its in our Google calendars or however you organize yourself. And there is some danger in that because we get overwhelmed by a list too. There's just so many things to do and we can't identify what we should do first. So if we set up a structure like a matrix to help us sort through some of those priorities, it will help us then focus in on just one or two things that are actually priorities. So um, we have, it's just a simple matrix where we section out, you know, the, the top left square is things, those are things that are urgent and important. And then we've got the top right box and the bottom left, which are um, one of them is important, but not urgent. And the other one is urgent, but not important. And then that bottom right box would be those things that are not urgent nor important. So um, sometimes we'll provide a list to people, right? So like if we're thinking about some of those overarching ideas, like do they need to um, sort out how they use their time? Do they need to focus on self-care? Do they need to uh, think about different instructional strategies? So we give them a list of like nine things or something and people sort them out. And it's interesting to see what ends up in that urgent and important box. And it's usually one or two things. And then the things that are in the neither urgent nor important box, those are the things that we kind of get, they trip us up, right? They We think that they're important because we can do them quickly, check them off the list or something like that. But those aren't the things that we should be prioritizing at the time. Those are just mm-hmm. the quick, easy things. And sometimes the the priorities are those higher level thinking things that we need to spend the time on, but we we're afraid or we're reluctant or anxious to invest the time in it because mm-hmm. it's harder, right? Yeah, um, and it that can look like a lot of things in our roles. So, um, but just seeing those couple of things in that box is is um, is really interesting to see people when they realize oh, that's what I need to do. That's what needs to go through the funnel, right? Yeah. 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 That's what I need to focus on. And then you ask yourself a bunch of other questions about, okay, how do I really focus on these couple of priorities then? So it's a really, it's a really, it's a simple process, but it's, it's highly reflective and it, it does make people think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Um, so what I'd like to do is is give some little examples of how the Triple P framework, mm-hmm. the Triple P funnel shows up in the different aspects of the book, the different topics that we're covering. Uh, so, for yeah. example, when we're talking about decluttering the, the physical space uh, where we're working, we think about, you know, the purpose of, of each of the different areas within our working area. So if it's a classroom, what is the purpose of your mat area? What is the purpose of the table space? What's the purpose of the shelving? Um, And then really thinking about what do I need in that space? What are my priorities for objects and items or furniture uh, in that space that is going to help meet the purpose? Um, And then what can I get rid of? What can I pare back and get out of that space because it's not a priority and it's not meeting my purpose? So um, maybe we can go through the other chapters a little bit and um, and think about how the triple P uh, really... um, gets used purposefully mm-hmm. in those different um in those different areas. So I'm just going back to the book yeah. here, looking at the yeah. chapters. Yeah. Why not? It's yeah, right next like, to me. For <laughs> sure. And the physical space too, I think, can be daunting for people because it depends on your space. Like are you in a classroom or an office or you know, whatever. But um, it's a good entry point for people to start with because it's something you see every day and that you work in, um, even though it feels like, oh, man, I don't want to open up that cupboard <laughs> because there's just a bunch of stuff that I shoved in there. But it definitely is a process to go through, like Christine just said, like we got, you know, we have to think about the purpose of the things that are inside this cupboard and and do they meet the priority for my learners in my classroom or for the teachers that I serve. And it's it's a really enlightening process for sure. Even it is, it yes. Time. But we will come back to that later on. We'll we'll spend some more time with that one. But um mm-hmm. let's just let's just touch on the decluttering the curriculum. How can what would the triple P look like in decluttering the curriculum? Well, a question that I often ask teachers and coaches, whoever's in the workshops, would be, so what is the purpose of the curriculum that you have? Mm-hmm. And the answers vary, but they, you know, you do have to really think about, okay, what are you using to teach and what is its purpose? Mm-hmm. And closely to that, is it meeting your the meets is it meeting the needs of your students? Yeah. Or the students if you're not a teacher, right? So that's a a question that there's a little bit of silence around sometimes. Yeah. Because like people don't want to be wrong and there isn't a wrong answer necessarily, but are we thinking about the real purpose of what the stuff that we use to teach? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't get a choice in that. And that makes it a bit hard. It does. So yeah. just, yeah. So just identifying that though, like thinking about, okay, the purpose of this program is this cool. Is it meeting the needs of the learners in front of me? Yes. Good. And then, you know, further to that, whatever the priorities are, because you've got different learners in a classroom or you mm-hmm. have different teachers on your staff. So you do have to think about, the aspects of a curriculum in terms of individual learners too. And that takes a bit of time. Um, 
but it does help you pare down the things that you don't need in it Mm -hmm. because why use the pieces if they aren't serving your learners? Yeah, which is your ultimate purpose for sure. And then if we think about um, assessment strategies, so I guess, Mm -hmm. again, we've got to start with the purpose, like what is it that you're trying to assess? Are you assessing knowledge? Are you assessing skills? Are you assessing the transfer of those knowledge and skills, right? So that we kind of start Mm -hmm. again there with the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And then where where do we go from there with the, the priorities and the pairing down? Again, assessment is tricky, right? Because a lot of teachers. I'm just throwing some tricky questions at you there, Tammy. Sorry. Yeah, I know. And it, (laughs) it's, it's sort of hard to, it's hard to answer and not hard to answer at the same time because, you know, teachers have this pressure about assessments, whether they're diagnostic or formative or state tests or, you know, whatever formal assessments are getting done. But again, you have to align your assessment with what you're teaching. So you're Mm -hmm. not just throwing out random assessments. Like you want to make sure that, okay, is your priority to get this kind of information from your students or a student or this group of students, then make sure that that's what the purpose of your assessment is. Yeah. And think about it it's almost easier to think about the assessments in the pared down state from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do I need this? What do I need this to look like for me to match the purpose and priority? So it's kind of like like who is going, who's going to be using this assessment. Because if if you're using it with the students, that's going to totally change the wording you use, the structure you use, and you can go back from there. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. sure. Okay, well, that's just a little taste of of the triple P um, and how we use it throughout the the book and and when we're thinking about different elements of our work in education. Um, We'll definitely come back and spend some more time on the different chapters in in future episodes, Um, but we just wanted to give you a little taste of the triple P today um, and how that goes. So thanks, Tammy, for sharing all of your uh, knowledge and ideas with us. Thank you, Christine. This episode is sponsored by The Learning Loop. The Learning Loop provides professional learning design and facilitation services to districts, schools, nonprofit organizations, and businesses internationally. You can find them at thelearningloop.com. Be sure to join Tammy and Christine and guests for more episodes of the Minimalist Educator Podcast. They would love to hear about your journey with minimalism. Connect with them at PlanZPLS on Twitter or Instagram. The music for the podcast has been written and performed by Gaia Moretti.